GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hello, everybody. It's Paul Elmsley. I'm the founder and CEO of HealthCert Education. And welcome to the GP podcast. And today, I'm very, very pleased to introduce you to Narelle Davidson. Uh, Narelle's had 26 years experience in uh, general practice, business and practice management. And we're going to be talking about the topic of the effective use of medical software to ensure patients can be identified and targeted relating to their medical needs and conditions. So firstly, Narelle, welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Excellent. So Narelle, just tell us a little bit about yourself, just so that people get a little bit of an understanding of your experience, particularly in this area. Yeah, so I've spent the majority of my career working for um, large corporate service management companies um, who obviously oversee running practices, but then, you know, use the facilities for independent general practitioners to work and see their patients from. So within that, I've spent a lot of time implementing and managing software within practices to ensure that we get the best outcomes for the patients, but to also make sure that we have risk management in place for the doctors and the practice. Excellent. So if we talk about the effective use, I think probably just at a high level, you know, what's what, why is this important? Why do doctors need to be ensuring that we do identify and make sure recalls, et cetera, are set up? Yeah, it's important from two levels. So obviously it's important for the continuity of care of the patients. We want to ensure that the patients are getting the best care. We want to ensure they're returning to the practice so that they can be seen and, and treated effectively for their conditions. But on the other side, we, you know, from a, a business perspective, we want our patients to return to the practices. The doctors want to build a, a patient base so that they have an effective ongoing patient base. And it's a good risk management strategy for the doctors. So to ensure that you never end up in a situation where a patient makes a complaint that may be a nuisance complaint, you're always covered if you have used your software effectively. Excellent. So I totally agree. And I think it's obviously important that we do this. As I said, particularly for the continuity of care, I mean, we'd, we would all recognise that we do forget things and uh, things drop off our list, but we do have you know, systems that sit within the practice, particularly with an EMR, that obviously can help facilitate this and make sure that people don't slip through the cracks. So perhaps talk to us about, you know, from your perspective, you know, what a doctor really does need to do, particularly with the use of, you know, software to help facilitate this process. Yeah, absolutely. I think the doctor's main goal or main job in all of this is to identify the needs of the patient to ensure that the practice are recalling the patient properly. So all of the softwares that we use, whether it be you know, best practice or medical director or any of the medical softwares are designed for you to be able to fill information in about your patients that will then be able to pull that from the back of the system so that we can target your patients. You know, we want to be able to target them by condition. We want to be able to target them by medication. So if all of your information is being put into the correct fields with in your software, there really is nothing else as a, as a general practitioner that you need to do. You just need to be aware that the practice that you're in has an effective recall policy, that you understand what that policy is, and you understand what your role is in adding reminders, adding recalls, adding conditions, reasons for visit, and effective medications so that the practice itself can pull those patients correctly into the lists. And you mentioned obviously around obviously having recall policies, and I'm sure some practices do and some don't. So how would a doctor sort of be able to walk through that step to really understand how the front office is obviously managing recalls on their behalf? 
Absolutely. They should definitely be connecting with their practice manager. If they've not done it when they've first been onboarded, I would suggest that they go ahead and do it now. Because what you really need to understand is when you make a decision, so you look at a patient's result and you decide that you want that to be, you know, a doctor to advise or the nurse to advise, you need to understand how the practice then manages that information as it goes through to ensure that when that information, when the patient hits the list that has that information, they are being recalled in the way that you think they are. In a lot of practices, if you put doctor to advise, the practice actually does nothing because it is you are effectively saying that you will recall the patient. A lot of doctors don't understand that and it's not been explained to them at the time that they've been onboarded. So it's really important just to understand how your specific practice, whether it be a corporate, whether it be a solo practice, how they manage that information when it goes through. Excellent. And then as far as, um, so you would obviously recommend that, you know, doctor to advise would be something you would want to avoid purely because then the onus then falls upon the doctor to do that. And I'm, I'm sure that we all want them to focus on seeing their patients and not doing back-end admin. So so the, the process then obviously of making sure that the recall is then set up so you understand how the front desk is going to be managing that process. Um, so what are the sort of the most common recalls that we need to make sure are definitely in place and yep. we'll talk a little bit about how then practices would manage that just so the doctors have some visibility as to perhaps how what best practice might be in this area but what are the sort of more common recalls that we really do need to have in place uh, for our patients Absolutely. We've got three levels of recalls. So you have um, basically what is just a reminder. So it's it's what's considered to be best outcomes for the patient, but it is just an automatic reminder that goes through to a patient for preventative care. Um, it's good to have them in. A lot of the medical softwares will remind you if the patient's due for preventative health. You then have what's called a recall. Um, but it is just a patient that has had a test result done and needs to return, but it may not be something that's considered to be urgent. The real focus is your clinically significant recalls. So patients that have clinically significant outcomes from a test that's been done, a result that's been returned, and absolutely must return to the practice. And these patients need to be put in as urgent or um, they absolutely need to be put in to be recalled by a nurse with a comment to make sure that there are three levels of attempts to contact this patient to return. And that, from a risk management perspective, those three levels of contact would protect any doctor against any action that was taken if a patient chose not to return. I mean, should a doctor be sort of checking that, you know, particularly for those clinically significant results, that this is actually being done? I think that, you know, the risk is sometimes, you know, you obviously have somebody else doing something on your behalf and, and obviously that you know, has potential, potential for risk, obviously, if we don't get through to that patient or they come back. Um, what, what can a doctor do or is there something within the software that allows them to be able to see whether things have been followed up based on that field that they've filled in? Absolutely. So all of the doctors have access within the software. It's part of their, you know, standard permissions within all of the softwares to look at what is what is considered to be the reminders tab. And it can be filtered by their name. It can be filtered by the type of recall that they've put in for the patient, whether it be non-urgent, urgent, clinically significant. So they, if they've got the correct training or if they want the correct training and they reach out for it, then on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever they feel is necessary, depending on their practice, they would absolutely be able to audit whether these patients are returning or not. Excellent. So 
so we've got you know we've got this now hopefully this process in place we understand how the process works i mean is there anything else specifically around you know particular conditions that we should be focusing on i mean whether it's chronic disease management are there sort of i mean i suppose other opportunities to use the system or the process to be able to help uh you know bring patients back into our practice particularly ones that obviously do need our care Absolutely. If I used an example, uh, and it's a discussion that we've been having quite recently, is if, a, if we talked about patients that have been diagnosed with a melanoma. So if we were wanting to ensure that we had a list of these patients so that we could make sure that they're returning to the practice, you know, to obviously have them come back in, but for their best care as well. If we use the diagnosis tool within, for example, best practice, if you put melanoma in as the diagnosis for every patient that's had one, you can click about three buttons and pull a list out of the back of best practice that will tell you every patient in your database that's had a melanoma. Excellent. And then, and, and obviously for these particular patients, they do need to get their skin checked on a more regular basis because of obviously they've had a primary previously. Um, Correct. Are there any other examples, I suppose, of other, you know, once again, conditions that we, you know, may need to put patients into a recall process that may not be so obvious to others because of the nature of the condition they may have? Absolutely. You need to ensure, even if you just think about your diabetic patients from a general practice perspective, if we ensure that diabetes is in as their, their diagnosis, then they are patients that we can consistently stay on top of to ensure that they get the chronic disease management that they need. Now, they're eligible for all sorts of care plan services through the government. So if we've got a system in the back of the, the software that can identify these patients, very little work for the doctor to have to remember all of these patients it can then be managed by their nursing and chronic disease management staff excellent and i think the key thing here is is that you know if if the doctor is able to make sure that their clinical record as you said is you know accurate put in the right fields etc it then makes the front office's job much much easier as far as trying to, to do this because ultimately at the end of the day, as an independent contractor, you've got, once again, this service company that is helping, well, trying to help you, obviously, with relation to how you manage your patients. But it is critically important if the information is not put in in the first place, it basically makes their job impossible. And um, and I think it's it's like anything. I, I suppose the other thing would be, um, is it sort of working with the practice manager or the front office for them to see how maybe you are doing things to ensure that it is making it easier for them? I mean, is there a few other hints and tips of this sort of communication or relationship between the front office and the doctor themselves to make sure this process is seamless? Absolutely. I think it's important as an independent practitioner to understand that the practice itself will also have risk management within place. So the reason that they have these policies in place is to ensure that if if the doctor independently doesn't put the information in correctly, they as a company are protected. So it's very important to have that communication between the practice manager and the doctor. And even if that means consistently asking the practice manager for an update to come into your room and show you, you know, how they're running the recall process or how they're running the diagnosis tabs out of the back or you know, getting in touch with your chronic disease management staff to ensure that where you're putting your patients on the list is where they're actually pulling the list from. I think that's something that should be done on a fairly regular basis. Policies change, software changes, and to make sure that as an independent practitioner and you're covered from a risk perspective, it's a good idea to stay in touch, you know, even if it's every six months, just to say, have there been any updates into how we call these, you know, recall these patients? 
Excellent. And I, and I think, as I said, I mean, you know, we're obviously working as a team for the best outcomes for our patients. But I think, you know, as a doctor, you probably have a high level of duty of care just because, once again, these are your patients. And as much yep. as somebody else is helping you with this process, for you to be across it, understand it, and uh, know what's happening is obviously, you know, very important just once again for, for everybody involved, but more, more importantly for our patients. Absolutely. And certainly, I would say from APRA's perspective and the RACGP's perspective, these patients do belong to the doctors. So, you know, if there is a complaint, it's important that the doctor's records are clean. They will focus more on that than on what the policy of the practice is. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, an important point. I said, as, as much as obviously this all happens somewhere out there at the front desk, um, being across it and just really understanding and making sure that it is working. And also, I mean, once again, I think as, as you know, if, as a doctor, we understand, obviously, people change, things move, you know, all these, I mean, whether it's, there's an update in the software, but also people within the practice also do change. So um, one thing maybe also would be useful to understand is from the practice manager's perspective is, you know, what's the training that's also been given to the staff so that, you know, when somebody new does staff, do they, does start in the practice, do they actually understand how this system and process works just to make sure? I mean, I think for most part, we would probably expect or you know that this is you know is doing what it should be doing in the background uh but ultimately like i said we do have a, a duty of care and it's important that we take that time absolutely any other hints and tips for for doctors in this particular area that we're talking about uh look i think certainly it, it's just about making sure that they understand how the software works really effectively. I think there's a little bit of a, a, a general consensus out there that if you jump from practice to practice, you can jump in and use the software the same way that you've used it elsewhere. It's really important to note that a lot of practices do use it quite differently. There are larger corporates that have their own way of pulling, you know, recalls and reminders because of old software that historically they've moved over from. So it just is really important to make sure whatever practice you're in, you understand that practice's specific use of the software and how they use that to recall the patients. Don't ever just make an assumption that because it's the same software, it will be used exactly the same way. Awesome. All right. Well, look, thank you very much for your time today and for uh, assisting us on trying to make all of our lives a little bit easier as much as they can be easier. But uh, no, Nurel, thank you very much for your time today. And we'll look forward to chatting to you about other topics that are obviously related to this in the near future. But I uh, really appreciate your time today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.